0: Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. How often do you wish that you had a roadmap or the winning combination to live the biggest, most successful, happiest life possible? Well, wait no longer. In this episode, we'll be talking business with Joseph Deitch, who is the author of Elevate, An Essential Guide to Life. He'll share his insights into the skills needed to achieve that life of happiness and success. Here's Joe on why it's so important to cultivate awareness.
1: When we close ourselves off, when we, when we firmly believe that we're right, we don't get any additional information.
0: And here's what Joe has to say about happiness.
1: The happiest people on earth are the people who appreciate everything around them and about them. when you go through life just appreciating the weather and your friends and and a smile and the taste of the food and it just it goes on and on. Those are the happiest people, but we 're running through life chasing our chasing our dreams and our disasters you know so energetically that that We have to remind ourselves to stop and smell the proverbial roses. We'll hear more from Joseph
0: right after this message from our sponsor, Interobang Solutions.
2: Would you like to position your company as an industry thought leader, increase engagement, and build credibility with prospects and clients? Establish your influence as a trusted resource. Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsourced partner. Interobang Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Call nine one three six seven six seven two seven two or visit WW That's 913 dot com. That's nine one three six seven six seven two seven two or ww
0: Welcome back. We're talking business now with Joseph Deitch. He's a Renaissance man and financial industry pioneer who founded Commonwealth Financial Network, the largest privately owned independent investment broker dealer in the U.S. He's captured a lifetime of aha moments in a new book called Elevate, an essential guide to life. Welcome to the show today, Joseph.
1: Uh, Thank you, Kelly. Lovely to be here.
0: And, and we're really excited to have you here. As I said in the introduction, uh, I know that you've got uh, this winning combination to living this really full and happy life. And I think, you know, people go a lifetime and they, they never uh, sometimes achieve that. So, so to have you here today to talk about that is wonderful. Why did you feel compelled to write the book to begin with?
1: Well, I'm going to actually back up a little bit because, you know, in this day of social media and everyone's life looks so fabulous, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't want anyone to think that I've uh, I've never made mistakes or I've never been unhappy or what. I think we all learn as we go along. And um, and we just try to we try to do a better job it you know, every day and every way.
0: Well, and to your point, what makes one person happy doesn't necessarily make another person happy. And so we all have to find our own uh, for that. And but you've in your book, you have uh, come up with a bit of a formula, I guess is, is a, a fair way to say it, to guide people into finding, that happiness path for them. Uh, And and so, so I'll ask the question again, what, you know, a lot of people think about these things, and they may talk about it over a beer or over dinner to their friends. Why did you decide to put this down in a book?
1: I was just like everyone else, I was trying to figure out life. And as I looked around, I saw so many people who were in relationships that weren't working, but they stayed there. They, they, they were in jobs they didn't enjoy and they stayed there. And, you know, they're doing a lot of things that seem to be uh, undermining what they wanted. And then one day I realized, oh my God, I, I'm the same way. I mean, my relationships were fine, but I was doing a lot of things that, that didn't really seem smart or make sense. And the more I observed it became clear that we generally know what to do, and if we don 't know what to do it's it's relatively easy to find out uh, Where it gets interesting is the fact that we don't do what we should do we uh, we don't do what works we undermine ourselves and, and and I became utterly fascinated with that, and that began. I mean, really a lifelong search, but I spent over 20, 20 years researching and writing the book.
0: And you have divided that into two sections, awareness and action. And then within each of those sections, for example, in awareness, you've got five critical insights. And then in the action section, you have listed and explained 10 skills. So tell us about the important difference between awareness and action and then also how sure. they work and how they work together, too.
1: Yeah. Um, I think most self-help books or self-improvement books focus on either increasing our awareness or on very task-specific skills. So how, how, to, be a, how to be a better golfer, a better gardener, how to be a better business person, how to, how to find the perfect man, find the perfect woman, you know, whatever. Or they're the raise the awareness type, uh, something from uh, Deepak Chopra, um, you know, the Dalai Lama or something like that. And it's been my observation and my experience that both parts are critical, that it's not enough to know if we don't do, and it's not enough to do something without understanding it. So it, you know, the awareness and the action are a dynamic construct. We could say awareness and action, we could say knowing and doing, but if you just go out and Take, try to golf without ever taking any instruction, without ever reading a book, without ever increasing your understanding of it. You're just going to flail about. Likewise, if you only you know, read books about it uh, or you only attend lectures and, and take notes without practicing, you're really mm-hmm. not going to get it. It's, the, it's mm-hmm. the iterative relationship between the two. So it's no do, practice, and repeat. And the more we do that, the more we increase our understanding of something and practice it, we just get better. It's just the way it works.
0: Now, talk to us. Obviously, we don't have time to go through all five of the insights that you talk about in the awareness section and same way with the 10 skills in the action section. But, but pick a few sure. of those and put them to work for us. And because most of our listeners are probably business listeners, perhaps
1: uh, in the workplace. So one of my favorites is um, that we should question our sense of reality. And and this is just so, this is very counterintuitive because what we see and what we perceive seems so obvious. But recently there's been some internet sensations. This year it was um, Laurel and Yanni. It it was a video, uh, excuse me, audio clip. Some people heard Laurel. Some people heard Yanni. I mean, yes. how is this even possible? And then two years ago, it was uh, the blue dress and the, and the white dress. So there was a dress. And for people like me, I saw a dark blue dress with black stripes. And bizarrely, other people saw a white dress with gold stripes. And how is it possible? I don't know. But, you know, we tune into things differently. But it's not just our five senses. We, I'm a guy. I was brought up in the Northeast, I was brought up in a Jewish household, I went to an Ivy League college, and then I spent a couple of years in the Caribbean before I came back and got involved in business. I don't know what it's like to be raised a woman, to be raised in Arizona, to be Asian, to be black, grow up in Africa, there's so many things I don't and can't know. Okay, what am I getting at? Because our reality seems so self-evident, we tend to close off our minds when people disagree about us about anything i mean whether it's politics or pro-life versus pro-choice or or favorite tv shows it's like how can they think that way but when we when we close ourselves off when, when we when we firmly believe that we're right we don't get any additional information. And if we want to grow, if we want to increase our business, if we want to understand our customers, our employees, our coworkers, we have to open up our minds. We think we're open. I used to think I had an open mind. Um, I used to think that I listened to people. Whereas in reality, I would wait till they were finished talking and then I would explain to them ever so politely why they were wrong. Right. But when I,
0: I, think, I think that's so true. And to, well, and today people just don't even bother to talk if they sense that somebody has different beliefs than they do. Yeah. Uh, we, just, we just don't talk. And I,
1: I loved um, the run-up to the last presidential election because it was very heated and people had very strong beliefs this way or that way. And instead of getting into arguments with people, I just want to know what they thought, what they perceived, why they believed that, and I learned so much. And subsequent to the election, where it where it's become even more heated, instead of arguing with anybody, I just want to know, hey, you know, now that this has transpired, what do you think? Why do you think that way? What have you learned? Um, and when I get in arguments with people, I used to just, I mean, literally get in arguments and dig in my heels. Now I I, I say to people, hey, you know, I got to tell you, I see it differently, but you know, uh, you're pretty bright, you've got a lot of experience, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. And not only do we gain so much information that way, um, we, we jettison all that stress because we're not wed to our position, and frankly, we're more enjoyable to be around, so people appreciate us more.
0: <laughs> true, very true. So, but as you said, you can't, you can't, you can't have awareness in isolation isolation of action and conversely you can't just go out there kind of like a bull in a china shop i guess is what you say and and have action with no awareness Uh, i guess you can but you're going to come off like a bull in a china shop if you do that so uh so they go together and they work together and the the key is to increase that awareness and then that will guide your actions in some way
1: i had an experience last year um uh, my girlfriend and i were skiing for the first time and we're, uh, we're both intermediate skiers, and I suggested taking a lesson uh, with a ski coach. And she goes, hey, I've been skiing for 20 years. I don't need to take a lesson. So after a couple of days, I, I, uh, I wore her down, and she said, okay, I'll take a lesson. So she goes off with Mario. And uh, at lunchtime, she comes up to me, and she says, oh, my God, today I learned how to ski. And we can learn so much from coaches. I mean, whether it's skiing or in business or in, in relationships, there are people who they're just, you know, not only do they have more experience than we do, uh, they're teachers that that's their talent. And we can learn that way in business. What happens is usually we just, uh, you said a bull in a china shop, you know, we proceed, we work hard, but it's, we don't often go out looking for teachers, and unfortunately, it's when, when we get in trouble that all of a sudden we realize, okay, I need help. Who's done this before? Who's an expert? Who, you know, who can I turn to? It's the same thing in athletics. It's the same thing in marriages. Um, we can learn so much from coaches, but we often don't until we're in trouble.
0: True, and the the other true thing is that we can only control ourselves. We can only um, worry really about how we react to things or um, how we handle things. We can't we can't do that with anybody else. Yet, I guess the irony of all that is that we live in a world where we work and play with other people. So even though we may have decided made that decision to. Uh, become more aware, to listen more, to be more open-minded, and take actions accordingly. How do we, that has to be a challenge in a world where there's other people who may not be doing that. So what is your recommendation for applying your principles in a world where we'd have
1: to coexist with others it's uh it's, it's a relatively it's a deceptively simple recipe uh it begins with an intent Wh- whatever it is we want to accomplish we have to say we have to choose we have to say this is something i want to do and i'm going to start moving in that direction that's how it begins and after that it's 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 listening it's um it's practicing it's it's experimenting uh, my therapist once said to me, we were talking about this issue that I had uh, that just, I just wasn't seeming to make any headway on it. And she says, why don't we do this as an experiment for just one week? Why don't you try, do, you know, try doing this thing and come back a week later and tell me how it felt and what you experienced? And I, I turned to her and I said, oh, you're good. Because what I realized, <laughs> she, did, she wasn't strong-arming me. She wasn't saying I had to change. She wasn't saying I had to change forever. She said, why don't you conduct an experiment that you control, that you're in charge of, do it for just a week, a few days, whatever, and see what happens. And and I, I've, and, and I did, and it was great, and I learned a lot. And I've tried to apply that to almost, almost everything. Try, instead of getting... Uh, you know, stubborn. I just try to remind myself to be open-minded. I just, you know, if I choose to do something, I'll try to do it as an experiment that I control, see what I can learn.
0: You know, this is a book that's meant to be lived, obviously, from our discussion here. It's a book to, to be lived, not just to be read. And in your preface, you even refer to it as a manual. So what are your suggestions for how to use the book?
1: Uh, at first I'd say read it. And, mm-hmm. and even though my name is on the cover and even though I wrote it and labored over every, you know, every word and concept, the, the fact is that we're not the first people to go down this road. Uh, we have been preceded by millennium of people like us, uh, philosophers, you know, scientists, everyday people. And they have learned so much, and they have—they've spent lifetimes learning lessons about life, and then passing it on down to us. So, what I try to do is package this wisdom—the wisdom that you know—that I've learned, in my 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 wisdom, my lessons—with just the the lessons from science, the lessons from our forebears. But package it in a way which is accessible and we, we can go back to from time to time. so in, in that respect yeah it, it, it's a manual. so w- one of my discoveries, if you will, is that there are some skills which are so universally applicable and, and, and valuable that that I, I, I literally just call them universal skills and In our educational system, we start out learning such skills. We learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, the the three R's. And as our education goes on, though, our training becomes much more skill-specific. And unfortunately, our consciousness grows to the point where we look at life and we go, oh, yeah, I've learned how to do that. I know how to do that thing over there. But that stuff over there, I haven't learned that yet. I don't know that. And... I, I, in the book, it, it, uh, it includes eight universal skills, and frankly, I think these, see, I'm sorry, it includes 10 universal skills, right? Uh, and yes. these 10 skills are pretty much account for 80% of what you would need to succeed in almost anything. One of the fun ones, it's, it's the first one I listen, is ask, and people go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know how to ask. You just ask a question. Well, Asking is fascinating because we can get the answer to virtually anything by asking questions of ourselves and of other people. It's like being on that, that TV, that old TV game show, um, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where you, can, where you right. uh, they'd ask you a question, you have to get the answers, and you can have a lifeline. And you go, oh, my God, uh, <clears throat> the lifeline, how valuable. But I can, only, I, I can only call them and ask them one question. Imagine going through life if you can ask as many questions as you want to as many people as you want. And you have the Internet at your fingertips. We can find out anything. Not only can we find out how to be a, a better business person, a better tennis player, a, a better husband or a wife. Um, we can find out how to make it enjoyable. Uh, we, we can come up with a plan. We can refine the plan. We can say, okay, what can I build into the plan now to make it more fun? What can I build into the plan now to, uh, keep my, keep me on track? So I'll do it. And we could do all of this quickly by asking questions of ourselves and others. And yet we don't do it. So it's funny. It's a skill to practice but it also is an opportunity to increase our awareness as we go to ourselves, oh, my God, this is so interesting. If I do this simple thing, asking questions, my life will get better in every arena. And yet, I note that I'm not doing it. I'm not asking people how to be a better spouse, how to be a better golfer, how to be a better business person, how to, how to be a better anything. and. But we don't stop there. We go, okay, I'm not asking. Why aren't I asking questions? That's when when we look in. We look into our head. We look Mm -hmm. into our heart. We look into our emotions. We look to see what's going on. It's the same thing as with business. We're looking at the marketplace. What does the marketplace want? Why are they acting that way? Well, we can put ourselves under the magnifying glass just as well.
0: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad that you picked that one as an example because it was one that I was fascinated with as I reviewed the book. Uh, one thing that strikes me is that sometimes it's a case of we don't ask. Other times it's we don't go deep enough as we ask the questions, we get an easy answer after maybe the first question and go down that path rather than go deeper and find even better answers uh, or even more knowledge, whatever it, more insights, whatever it might be. And so it's, it's the depth, too, I think, that sometimes you have to allow yourself to be free to go there and not just stop where you get
1: the, right. to the first answer. <laughs> in, in Japan, there's a uh, tradition started by the uh, fellow Toyota who started the Toyota... Car company, um, and and oddly, his name is spelled with a D, with a D at the end instead of a T. But um, mm. uh, he started. Uh, he had a practice called the Five whys, like a two year old. Um, do this why? Because I said so. Why? Because it'll help you. Why? And mm-hmm. but he said if you dive into into anything, trying to figure something out, if you. Ask five layers, five levels of whys. You will go deeper. You will see more. You will discover more.
0: You know, Elevate, it's a published book. It's out there in print, black and white. But you've also said that it's a book that can never be complete. Why do you say that?
1: Well, I think the the universe is infinite and and knowledge is infinite. And and, uh, there's just so much to learn and see and do. For example, this is a great one. What we can see through our eyes uh, is called the visible light spectrum, and the visible light spectrum is a portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. So there's other kinds of, you know, whether it be sonar or or x-rays or whatever, there's there's other parts of this spectrum. And if you ask most people, what percentage of the whole spectrum do you think we can see? What percentage is the visible light spectrum? Uh, most audiences will average an answer of about, they'll say ah, 10%. <laughs> no, we can see 0.003%. <laughs> we can see three wow. of one thousandths of 1% of the entire spectrum. And the same thing applies to our other senses. And frankly, there's so many senses that we don't have and we don't even know about. So um, we, you know, we can augment our perception of our world by interacting with other people and asking them by using machines, uh, anything from x-rays to big big data and beyond. We can focus more on our intuition. And and like any muscle, our intuition, um, the more we pay attention to it, uh, the stronger it gets and the more we're better able to interpret it.
0: You know, some people would meet you, Joe, or read about you, or even listening to you today, and think that you've really got it all, that everything's together for you. You've had a successful career in finance, you're the chairman of a prestigious golf resort, uh, lots of things. You've won numerous awards and recognitions, and you've even won a Tony Award as a co producer of the Gershwin's Porgy Invest. So, after achieving all that, what actually makes you happy?
1: Um. Well I could answer two different, a couple of different ways. One is I think most of us are hardwired to get excited about some big goal, whether it's Our team, um, I root for the Red Sox, uh, uh, and they're doing quite well this season. Uh, Whether it's the Red Sox uh, doing well or whether in business uh, we have a new campaign for something or we just landed a big account or something or whether I'm going to learn how to play guitar. So we all have those big things, and they make me very happy. Uh, I I, I try to fill my life with, with challenges. On the other hand, to literally to just appreciate every moment. To, the happiest people on earth are the people who appreciate everything around them uh, and about them. It, when you go through life just appreciating the weather and your friends and, and a smile and the taste of the food, and it just it goes on and on, those are the happiest people. But we're running through life chasing our chasing our dreams and our disasters, you know, so energetically that that we have to remind ourselves to stop and smell the proverbial roses.
0: Absolutely. What's the most important lesson that our listeners can take away today? And actually, you may have just answered it, and it's to smell those roses, but uh, what, what would you say?
1: the most important lesson oh my god there's so many of them um uh <laughs> start listening to your your intuition to your deeper truth um and yeah. in most spiritual traditions and actually in most martial arts uh, one of the key ingredients is breathing and, and yes we all breathe but i mean taking a deep breath taking a slow breath taking a, a breath where we where we pay attention and by breathing and being aware and listening to our inner voice, um, it's a wonderful first step, step in it. And, it. and it works it on every step along the way.
0: So don't just listen to others. Listen to your inner self as well. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today on Talking Business Now. If someone were interested in getting a copy of your book, Elevate, where would they go to do that?
1: Um, I think the Internet's a wonderful start. <laughs> go, to, go to Amazon or, or, or anything else. Uh, you can go to our website, which is guidetoelevate.com, or just go to Amazon and look up uh, uh, Elevate by Joseph Deitch.
0: Okay, so guidetoelevate.com or go out to amazon.com and, and look up the book Elevate. It's out there. Again, thank you for joining us on the show today to, and sharing your insights with us.
1: Uh, we really appreciate that. Kelly, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: And we appreciate the support of our sponsor InteroBang Solutions providing writing, editing, and publishing services. Give them a call at 913-676-7272 or visit interobangsolutions.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now.